Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. So great to be back. And may I thank your pastors for many years ago. I reckon it would be 25 years ago. Inviting a prophet on pea plates to your platform, and you have made me welcome ever since. It have to be 25 years because I've been doing this for 27 now, and it was it might even be more 26. You're, you're one of the first, so um, I honour your pastors today. And I'm not just saying that because that's what the visiting speaker does when they come to speak. It's the truth. It's coming from my heart. So thanks for having me, and um, let me check you all out. I've got my water. I'm all good to go. Who listened to those stories about pastors in Syria and wondered, am I saved? Anyone else? Think, I'm thinking, we haven't got a clue. I reckon I'm going to get to heaven. The Lord's going to say, you've got your reward. You've got your reward on earth. And I reckon all these people really suffering for Jesus. They really, really putting their life on the line. They're the ones who are going to get the, the crowns, they're going to be, they're going to have the, you know, the, the big rewards. And the Lord's going to say, you did a great job, Vic, but really, <laughs> you got your reward on earth, you know. <laughs> so um, I'm inspired by stories like that, actually. Okay, let me just get my bearings here. All good. Now, the word I have today, I like to call it the gospel according to Damien. That's my husband. Incidentally, he said, you can't say that. I do not want to be associated with such heresy. That's really what he said. So uh, you might like to call it the parable of the runner. Or you might like to call it, get a second opinion. I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell him, get a second opinion. Turn to the other one you just ignored and tell him, get a second opinion. And I'm going to pray right now. Heavenly Father, I just thank you that your word is alive, living, active, sharper than any two-edged sword. And I pray we won't just hear the voice of a woman today, we will hear from heaven. I love that you're the voice within my voice, Lord. And I love that even though I don't know everyone here this morning by name, that you do. And I love how you can take what I say and speak it to each one right where they're at. And so let my tongue be the pen of a ready writer, Holy Spirit. I pray, have your way and have your say. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to start by telling you a story uh, about Damien. Now, for those of you who don't know him, he, he worships um, God the Father, Jesus the Son, the Holy Spirit, and something called long-distance running. It's his other religion. I call it his other religion. He is a long-distance runner. He is hardcore. And five years ago now, he actually gave up his cushy, comfortable job as an architect I say cushy and comfortable because he, you know, he was working for someone else, working for a, a firm, and went out in faith to freelance in order to free himself up to pursue this obsession. And I thought, mate, when I married an architect, I thought, great, never have to worry about money ever again. Uh, gave it up to run. They say there's money in running, only for Usain Bolt. That's the only person I think gets any money from running. But with, with any sport... And with anyone who, he, who is committed to a, 
a sporting pursuit, it always comes with the risk of injury. And it was November 2015, and he went to Melbourne. We live in Sydney, by the way, for those of you who don't know me. Perth girl, though, Perth girl born and bred. Yep. Uh, and uh, he went to Melbourne for, to run a half marathon. And I wasn't with him on that trip, but I spoke to him after the race. How you going, babe? How'd you go? He said, my foot is killing me. What are you, what are you talking? He said, my right foot is, 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 it is unbearable. The pain is unbearable. I can hardly walk. And so clearly something happened in, in, in the race. He came home, went to see his osteopath, his physio, all the usual suspects, all the usual carers. And, uh, and one of them was concerned that the pain in his foot was being relayed from a lower back condition. He suffers with a bit of back pain anyway. And so the osteopath it was sent him to have an MRI just to eliminate that, just to make sure that there wasn't something more serious going on. And he made an appointment for him to see a sports medicine specialist. I actually went with him this day. I don't often go with him to these sort of appointments, but I went with him this day and the specialist had some bad news. He said, Damien, I've looked at your scans and you've got something called spondylolisthesis. Now, I don't know if any of you here are doctors, physios, you know, orthopedic surgeon. I don't know if I've even said that right, but that's the best I can do. You have something called grade one spondylolisthesis. What What it means essentially is that the vertebrae aren't where they should be. They're kind of like slipping. And uh, his L5 and S1 weren't how they should be. And so Damien, the bad news is, is this. He said, um, you are going to need some surgery. I'm going to give you a referral to a spinal surgeon. You're more than likely going to need spinal fusion and you will never run again. You will never run again. I remember we were both, honestly, the shock. Because we had done this journey of Damien leaving his work and pursuing this call. I mean, he was in his late 30s when he started out, which is kind of late for someone, you know, heading into um, a sporting career. And we felt the Lord had led us. We felt the Holy Spirit was on it. We really were convicted that God had led us to do this. And now he gets the report, the diagnosis from the specialist, Damien, you will never run again. I remember Damien saying, okay, um, I understand if I can never compete again, but I can still run with my mates, right? No, Damien, you're not hearing me. And the doctor proceeded to give him different statistics and, and told him the, the, the pressure every time he, his foot hit the ground, the, the, the pressure that was relayed to his back, and then he went on to say, and my cabinet is full of files of people who didn't listen to me. Not only can they not run now, they can hardly walk. Honestly, we walked out of that appointment like, you know, like we'd gone to a funeral. That was how we felt. Now, for some of you, you'd say, well, you could get a lot worse diagnosis than that. I know, but for this man of mine who absolutely is passionate about his running, honestly, that day, you might as well have given him a death sentence. And I actually said to the specialist as we left, while you're at it, can you give him a referral to a psychologist? Because you have just ruined his dreams. 
Yeah, I don't hold back. Uh, so, and so we, we, were, we were both gutted. We actually rang up, made an appointment for the, um, the back surgeon, made an appointment to see the, you know, the, 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 the back specialist. Now, it was a day or two later, I had an aha moment. I just had this thought. It literally just came out of the blue. Get a second opinion. Get a second opinion. I want to read to you from Proverbs 18, 17. It says this, the first one to plead his case seems right until another comes and cross-examines him. The first one to plead his case seems right until another comes, until a second comes. Doesn't the first opinion always seem right? How many times have you been told a report about somebody and their character and then you believe that first report and then on meeting them, you form another opinion? These days when someone says something to me about someone, I'll say, who told you that? Where did you hear that from? Wait, don't be so quick to believe the first opinions because the first opinion always seems right until another comes. And I have to be honest, as as children, we're not encouraged or taught to seek second opinions. It's not a part of our training to challenge or to question, especially anyone in authority, especially in the face of an expert, and in our case, a doctor, a specialist who'd been trained for years. Surely he would, I saw the certificates on his wall. Surely he would know. I mean, this guy is a specialist. Get a second opinion. I believe the Lord wants him. This is a very practical message this morning. I believe God wants to release and empower people here today to get a second opinion. The first one seems right until another. Have you asked another? Have you checked with another? So what we did is that Damien booked to see another. He booked to see another sports specialist who looking at the very same scans, the very same scans, Damien had told him the story of what the first one had said. He looked at them and he said, who gave you this doomsday report? Because as he looked at the scans, he said, yes, you do have spondylolisthesis, but you have grade one. There are five grades of this condition. And I would not even consider surgery until grade four. He said, Damien, I'm going to take you through some tests. Took him through a series of tests. Did exactly the same tests, in fact, that the first specialist had done, plus one extra, one test that the first guy hadn't done. And it simply involved uh, loading up the nerves of the back. He got Damien to press his chin into his chest. And he said, look, if your foot pain is connected to your back, this test will, will absolutely settle it one way or the other. So Damien just simply did this very simple test. He said, does your foot hurt? He said, no. He said, well, I can tell you your foot pain is not actually related to your back. So, Damien, why aren't you running? Because my foot hurts. Has anyone scanned your foot? He said, no. So, he sent Damien off for a scan on his foot and it revealed a tear in a tendon. A tear in the plantar fascia. A major tendon in the foot that, that forms your arch. So, Damien, this is here's the, the bad news is that you can't run for a while. You're going to have to rest. The only way to heal this is to stay off your feet. But the good news is this is not a career-ending condition. 
And so he came out of the first specialist with a death sentence to his dream. And this one, he came out with hope and renewed vision because he got a second opinion. Don't be afraid of second opinions. Where do you need to get a second opinion? Matthew 16, verse 13 to 17. It says, Jesus asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah's, others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. I am amazed at how often Christians listen to sums and others. I mean, how often? That's hot off the press. I've never, ever said that before. It's not even in my notes. That is cool. That's from the Lord. But isn't it the truth? How vulnerable, how naive. Oh, honestly, it frustrates me. Do you know how many times I say, but who told you that? I'll never forget someone telling me that a dear lady in this city had passed, gone to be with Jesus. Imagine my shock two years later when she turned up at one of my services. I said, there's an old lady who used to be church here with me in Perth. I said, I thought you'd passed. And she laughed. Oh, no, I'm still here. And some say, some say, John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Now we know, we know the sums were wrong. The others were wrong. Jesus is none of those things. Wrong, 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 wrong. So what does he, Jesus say? But who do you say that I am? Who, Jesus got a second opinion. He sought a second opinion. He wasn't, he, he didn't like what he heard the first time. Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. I wonder what would have happened if Jesus had believed the first opinion. If he'd gone into a tailspin, into an identity crisis. Oh, am I John the Baptist? Oh, okay. Maybe, am I, am I Jeremiah? Oh, perhaps I am just one of the prophets. No, he sought a second opinion. I tell you what, wouldn't have happened if Jesus had to believe the first opinion. I tell you what, he wouldn't have gone. He wouldn't have gone to the cross. If if he didn't have a revelation of his calling as the Messiah, he would not have gone to the cross. It would have changed everything. It would have been a game changer. Second opinions can be game changing. Second opinions can be game changers. Some years back, I was told by a man of God, someone, you know, spiritual authority in the nation, Vicky, you're not a prophet. You're not a builder. You're not a leader. And I'll stop right there because it got worse. He was clearly having a bad day. Now, you're not a prophet. I have to be honest. I thought, mate, you're nuts. I honestly thought, you, you, are, you are nuts. What is wrong? Because, I mean, I'd already had 10 years of, of recognized, established ministry, not just in Australia, but overseas. I mean, and if there's anything that I have heard from God, look, I believe in the still small voice of God, but I know that God can shout when he needs to. And if I have heard God shout anything into my spirit, it was that. Jeremiah 1 call, call to be a prophet to the nations. But I have to be honest, the words, you're not a builder and you're not a leader, went in went into my spirit. And for many years, I believed it. I believed that I was a second class kind of minister because I wasn't leading a church because I didn't have a group of people, as it were, that I was, that I, I could point to as my church, my team. And, and I thought, oh, I'm not a builder. I really did affect me for many years until I got a second opinion. 
I was sitting at a dinner table, actually with the man uh, who's now my senior pastor, Phil Pringle. Uh, I happened to be a guest speaker in his church at the time. And I don't even know how it came up in conversation. It wasn't something that I readily shared with people for obvious reasons. But it just came up in conversation. And I said, you know, uh, Phil, I've been told I'm not, a, I'm not a builder and I'm not a leader. He looked at me. He said, Vic, what idiot said that? I didn't tell him who said it. He said, of course you're a builder. You build with your words. And he said, from what I can see, people are following what you say all the time. I sought a second opinion and that changed everything. I wonder what identity shaping, destiny defining, future inhibiting opinion has been spoken over your life where what opinion needs to be challenged what words were spoken over you what have you been told that you are and that you're not what what is it that you need to rise up against and say I'm going to seek a second opinion on that admittedly if a whole lot of people had told me I wasn't a prophet then I really need to (laughs) I really need to reconsider my calling but when you have one or even two, I mean, could be a few, but when the overwhelming evidence is to the contrary, don't be afraid to get a second opinion. So Damien's treatment, by the way, was rest. He was told, look, if that doesn't work, we'll give you some injections. And the good news is that the rest worked. The rest worked. Eight weeks later, he was back on his feet. And four months later, he was back at full strength training. Can I show you what my husband achieved after getting a second opinion? Here's just a few of them. Here's the first one. It is October 2016. He completed his first marathon. So less than a year later, less than a year after being told you will never run again, he completed his first marathon. That's 42 kilometers for those of you who aren't aware. In actual fact, that photo was taken just before the finish line. So he'd been running for a while, yeah. Honestly, it was in the most brutal conditions that day. It was Melbourne at its hottest. It was windy. It was shocking. Elite athletes were falling off the perch that day. But in two hours, 51 minutes, Damien completed his first ever marathon. In July 2017, he finally broke the 35-minute barrier for 10 kilometres, so for those of you, not, most people aren't aware of running times. I totally understand that. But let's, put, let's just uh, put it this way. He's just been invited, an invitational only race for the top 10-kilometer runners in Australia, and he is in, in the Group B. So the Group A guys are sub-30, Group B are sub-35. My husband in his 40s. Yeah. And thirdly... Oh, I love this. I was here for this. In May 2018, so only last year. What the heck is that? That is hilarious. Someone take a photo of that. I want to send it to him. That is. (laughs) That's the first time that has ever shown up like that on a. Now, that looks more like me. I've got to say. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That is hilarious. I don't know why that would have happened. That's never happened. Anyway, as you can see, there we go. There's, there's uh, Sexy Leg Simpson. 
So there he is, holding a trophy, the first time he ever podiumed. And him and his running partner came second in the Sydney Morning Herald Half Marathon Relay. None of which would have happened if you hadn't have got a second opinion. Where do you need to get a second opinion? Where are you stuck? Where are you stunted? Where are you grieving because of a wrong diagnosis? What's being declared over your life that needs to be challenged? Church, don't be afraid of second opinions. You know what? If God won't enforce his opinion on us, who are we to enforce our opinion upon others? Even God doesn't enforce his opinion on us. Oh, that's kind of had an interesting reaction. The free will, God gives us free will to choose, free will to decide. And I love the Bereans in the book of Acts. It's said that they would study the word to consider whether what Paul and Silas had told them was true. They'd hear the preaching of the word and they'd say, they would check, okay, does God have another opinion on this? Now, God wants to drop opinions, God opinions. God thoughts. What is God's opinion on this? What does God have to say on the matter? Those of you today, and you, you're not well. Have the worship team return, please. Those of you, and you, 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 you've been dealing with an incurable sickness. I hate to think what would have happened if we'd gone to the surgeon and Damien had spinal fusion. I'm not bagging doctors, by the way. That's because the second doctor gave us the diagnosis of hope. But I love this. T.D. Jakes says no leader accomplishes anything by worshipping their own opinion. I pray for an awareness. I, I, I pray for, because the other I- extreme of this is worshipping our own opinion. I, 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 just, I just believe the church of Jesus Christ, is needs, we, we, we need to be intelligent. We need, we need not to be afraid of considering options and possibilities. We've been so black and white, so black and white. Do you know what? When I, um, nothing too fancy. I'll tell you something about me. I get distracted big time. I'm convinced I'm ADD. Get to, can you just do just a few simple chords? Is that possible? Sorry to mess up the, the music. Psychologist told me I have an attention span of 10 minutes. My husband turned and said, that much. <laughs> <laughs> Revelation can come through conversation. Revelation can come through conversation. I've been doing things lately in churches where I go in, sit with the leadership. They're kind of like prophetic consultations. But what we do is we have a consultation because I realize it's like the prophet, the model of the prophet. I mean, forever has been coming in, declaring the word of the Lord. No correspondence will be entered into it. I'm right. You're, but I've discovered so much better. I come and bring my thoughts and they bring their, you know, our convictions, pray, see what God says. Awesome. It's amazing. Amazing what comes out. I love in Acts chapter 9. Uh, Acts chapter 9, talking about Paul on the road to Damascus. Saul of Tarsus, he was known then. He is the guy, he's like the ISIS leader of his day. He is persecuting, he's killing church, he's murdering Christians. He gets, he has an encounter with the Lord. He has an encounter with the Lord. He, he, he gets saved. He, he becomes a Christian. He, 
And understandably, Christians are skeptic. They're skeptical. Understandably. I mean, he goes off to Damascus first. He comes, but then after a couple of years, he comes back to Jerusalem. The apostles in Jerusalem don't want a bar of him. They don't want a bar of him. They're scared. Understandably. I mean, this guy he murdered, he'd authorized the, the stoning of Stephen. But one guy had a different opinion. One guy had a different opinion. His name was Barnabas. And Barnabas came and he vouched for Saul of Tarsus. He came and he vouched for him and told them, look, I know. I can understand why you guys are skeptical. Understand why you, you, you don't want to welcome him into the fellowship of of the believers, but I believe he's the real deal. I have watched him in Damascus. I have heard his testimony. And one, one man, one man, Barnabas, was able to convince all those leaders in Jerusalem. That's incredible, eh? The influence of one person. I, and I say hats off to the Jerusalem council for being willing to be persuaded, for listening to one. They, they, they could have said, oh, well, we're all right. I mean, majority rules here. We're not going to listen to you, Barnabas. We, no, no, they listened and they considered. And as a result, they changed their view and they welcomed him. Second, opinions can be game changers. And I'm just sensing in some of your lives here today, there's unlocked potential. There's still, it doesn't matter how old you are, there is still destiny to be fulfilled. There is still purpose in God. Let me tell you another very quick story. My mother, 80 years old, been diabetic for like 25 years. When she started taking insulin injections, in addition to the insulin tablets, she was told, Mrs. Durazio, you're going to be taking this for the rest of your life. If anything, the dosage will just increase. We'll get more and more. Imagine our shock when November last year in hospital, having a hip replacement, they took her off her insulin. They took her off it. I just about went crazy. I, I'm like, what are you doing? What? They said, well, the doctor has authorised it. Why? Because her blood sugar is, levels are getting too low. How can this be? I tell you how it could be. Because mum was getting fed diabetic food and wasn't just eating rubbish and biscuits and chocolate that happened to be at home. That's all that happened. I'm not even talking a miracle here. The first doctor said, never. The endocrinologist said, never. I'm sorry to be, sounds like I'm bagging the medic, med, medical profession today. But some of you here today, what have you been told never? What have you been told impossible? What have you been told you could never? What, what identity defining, destiny shaping opinions have you bound? Because today I believe the anointing of God is here to break those chains that sister worship leader mentioned off your mind, empowering you, giving you courage to challenge whatever's been said. I don't care how old you are, who you are, where you've come from, what your background is today. God wants you to take a hold of your right to get a second opinion.
The first one seems right until another comes. The first one seems right until another comes. You who've been told that you are weak when in actual fact you're strong. You who've been told that you're poor when in actual fact you're rich. Have within you the seeds of possibility to build a greater life for you, for your family. I'm just sensing that God's wanting to break down the limiting ideas and thoughts that you have had about yourself. In Jesus' name. In yeah, give the Lord a hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, I don't know you all here today personally, and I'm not going to assume because you're sitting in church that you're a believer, that you're a believer in God, that you're a follower of Jesus Christ, that you're a Christian. I'm not going to make that assumption. And maybe you are here today and you've had an opinion, you've had an opinion about God and who he is and what he's like. And maybe that opinion has actually caused you to keep God at arm's length. Or it's, 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 it's caused you to hold back. It, it's caused you to put the Lord in the boot of your car rather than in the driver's seat. I don't know you, I don't know what your story is. I don't know what your spiritual condition is. Do you know what it is today? Do you know personally what it is to open up your heart and admit your need for God and to receive relationship with your heavenly father through Jesus? Have you experienced that? Because I tell you what, it's the best decision I ever made. Nearly 40 years ago. Nearly 40 years ago. And it was as simple as that. I didn't even know what I was doing. I didn't understand the theology. I didn't, but I was led in a prayer on Christmas Day where I really, in my heart, I was just admitting the fact that I cannot do life by myself. Just simply admitting, God, if you're real, if what I am feeling in this place, because I see, I had an opinion of God. I was brought up an Italian Catholic and my opinion of God was that he was the one who's going to get you when you do something bad, that he's just there, he's mean. That, that, that was what I thought. But that day I heard a second opinion. That God was good. He was good. And that he had abundant life for me. Abundant life. So today I want to give you an opportunity, whoever you are, whether that is to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, just to simply open up your heart and meet your need for him, whether that's for the first time or another time. There are Christians here today, and because of disappointment and disillusionment, you've been walking with God a long time, but it's like that thought has come into your head. Is God good? Is he really? How could I have gone through? How could this have happened? How could... And your faith has been undermined. And I want to give... I'm going to give you a second opinion today, that, that you can come through this dark season. You can, can come out the other side. You can have your faith restored. You can be on fire like you were back in, in the day when you first knew Jesus. So I'd love you all to close your eyes right now. Not as a religious tradition, but so that you would know. So, so you could really consider, I want you to think right now. Where am I at? It's all well with you and the Lord. Have you received Jesus? Do you know him? Oh, I believe in him. I believe in a God, but, but do you believe in Jesus? Have you received Jesus? Have you opened up your heart to Jesus today? So that's you. You say, Vicky, I know I, I want to, I don't just want to know about him. I want to know him. I want to surrender. I, I need to surrender. I need to cross that line and give my life to him. 
whether that's for the first time or another time. I believe both equally important. That's you. I just want you simply raise your hand, give me a wave. I'll see your hand and I'm going to lead you in a prayer. God bless you, buddy. God bless you there in the middle. Is there anybody else? Yes, God bless you. God bless you. Yep, there's a number of you over on the right. That's awesome. God, yeah, God bless you up the back. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Quickly, just just seize this moment. You don't. I'm not. I'm not going to be here probably for another twelve months or more. Who knows? Just seize the moment. Yes, God bless you, sweetie. That's great. That's fantastic. I don't want anyone to miss out. Thank you, God. I, see, I sense God drawing people across a line, across a line in the sand. Yeah, trust again. I hear God saying to someone, trust again. Trust again. One last time. And then I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Everyone who raised your hands. Is there anyone else? You say, include me. Include me. I don't want... God, yeah, God bless you, buddy. I see you down there. Another one up the back. That's right. Can I just ask every single one of you who just raised your hand then, just to raise it all together. Every single one of you. Can I ask you to raise it high just so I... That's it. There's one there. There's... Three, I can see in this section. Yes, yeah, sweetheart, over here and up the back there. Thank you, Lord. Can we pray this prayer together? And those of you who um, didn't raise your hand, we're going to pray with these ones. Is that good? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for me to give me life. Right now, I receive you, Jesus as my Lord and Saviour. I'm sorry I've ignored you and live life my own way, but today I choose your way. I thank you that you love me and have got great plans for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Great decision. Thank you, Lord. And right now, I just want to pray for anyone, and you've been, God's been speaking to you. You know that there is something, there is an opinion that's been spoken And you keep defaulting to that opinion over your destiny, over who you are, over the possibilities of your life, maybe even an incurable condition. I don't know what it is, but you know there is something today in your life that needs to be challenged. I want you to stand to your feet right now. I'm going to pray on your behalf. We're going to do a little bit of spiritual business right in this moment. I want you to lift your hands to heaven right now. There you are. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, come. Ha. Holy Spirit, come. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm hearing the Lord say, there's some of you who've been told, you'll never, you'll never, it'll never. Father, I come against the nevers, the nevers of the sums and the others. We take authority right now over the first opinions. Father, we break their power right now. Some of you, this is the beginning, the beginning of a journey, the beginning of a fight, the beginning. Pursue, seek, ask of God. God, I need your opinion. I loose right now the opinion of God. I loose right now the light into the darkness. I rebuke every lie of the enemy. And I thank you, Lord, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Father, we receive it. We thank you. I pray courage. I release courage. Courage to these ones. Courage to these ones. In Jesus' name.